you have a if you have your own Bible, uh, we're going to be looking at John 14, verse 27. If you're using the Pew Bibles, that's on page 1083. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, what is peace? What does peace mean to you? What does it mean to those around us? It means many things. We use it in lots of different situations. It's the absence of war. Peace for our time, Neville Chamberlain, 1938. It's universal love. All we are saying is give peace a chance, John Lennon, 1969. It's silence, it's solitude. Can we not just have some peace? My household, every Sunday morning as the kids are getting into the car. But that's not peace. That's not what Jesus is talking about. It's not the absence of aggression or aggravation. The peace that Jesus is teaching about is the blessing of God through the Son of God for the people of God. Let's take three short points from this verse this evening. Why were the disciples afraid? What peace does the world offer? And what peace does Jesus give? First, why were the disciples afraid? Well, let's put it in context. If you've still got your Bibles in front of you, uh, let's turn back to chapter 13. Where are the disciples when Jesus is having this conversation with them? This is the Last Supper. They're sitting around having bread and wine with Jesus. Um, Jesus is explaining to them why He must leave. Chapter 13, verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. If we skip ahead to the start of chapter 14, again, verse 1, he's saying to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And then he sets out a picture of the kingdom of God, of his Uh, glorification and his return to heaven further through the chapter verse 18 I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me and then the immediate context verse 25 all this I have spoken while still with you but the counselor the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Why are the disciples afraid? They're afraid because Jesus has told them that he's leaving them. Their mentor, their teacher, their hope is leaving them. They're afraid of separation from Jesus. This isn't, don't worry, be happy. It is a very specific situational concern that the disciples have, that Jesus 
is leaving them. This is a city, this is a country where people, most people, do not live in fear of separation from God. They don't care about separation from God. They're not troubled by it, and they're not at peace. What do we have to say to them? What does Christ have to say to them in that situation? Well, what peace does the world offer? When we look around at our city, do we see a city that we think is in peace? Do we see a world that we think is in peace? Do we see people who, having rejected God, have found peace? We don't. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Well, how does the world give peace? Briefly, temporarily, for self-protection, for self-interest. Uh, I learned this week that there is an institute for economics and peace, and this is how it describes itself. The world's leading think tank dedicating, dedicated to developing metrics to analyze peace and quantify its economic benefits. Well, that makes me sleep more easily, knowing that people are uh, directing leading minds to calculating how peace can make people richer. That is the peace that the world offers. It's the absence of aggression for self-interest. Give me peace. Well, what peace does Jesus give? When he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, is that what he means? Just the absence of aggression? Peace, shalom, was a word that was deep in meaning, deep in resonance for the disciples. And they understood it not as the absence of aggression, but as God's blessing on God's people. It was the presence of those blessings with them. It wasn't just rest, it was a right relationship with God. Do you remember how God taught Aaron to bless the Israelites back in Numbers? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. That's the Lord's blessing. Or Psalm 29 verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Peace is God's blessing on us. It is our relationship with God restored. It is not temporary. It is eternal. It is not in the future. It is from now. John Stott described Jesus' peace like this. It gathers up all the blessings of the kingdom of God. It is life at its best under the gracious hand of God. So when Jesus says, I give you peace, what he is communicating to us is that he brings the blessings of God. It is through him that we know those blessings. How do we have this peace, this blessed life? Well, first we have it by being put right with God. Let's go back to the context. We're at the Last Supper. Jesus gets up. He leaves the table. He is arrested. He is crucified. He has died. He, he dies. He is buried. And he is raised to life again. He redeemed us. God's wrath, 
which was meant for us was poured out on him. Our greatest enmity, our greatest warlike state is not with each other, it is between us and God. Our greatest blessing, our true peace, is when that relationship with God is restored. So first then, we have that peace through Christ and Christ alone. Secondly, this is a work of the Spirit. Jesus may be going, but we've seen from the preceding verse, verse 26, that he is leaving the Spirit. And it is his Spirit who works peace in us. It's not only a work of the Spirit, it's fruit of the Spirit. We see that in Galatians, where Paul teaches explicitly that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So as we grow in Christ's likeness, so we should be growing in peace in an understanding of the blessedness that we have through Jesus, as well as growing in right relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So how should this verse focus our thoughts then as we come to pray? Well, first, let's pray for those around us who are troubled and not at peace because they do not know uh, where to find peace. They do not have that right relationship with God. Let's pray for those who aren't even troubled by the fact that they don't have peace because they don't know that right relationship with God. Let's pray that we will find those opportunities to speak of that peace, of this eternal rest, of this blessing into people's lives that they may want that right relationship with God. So first, let's pray for those around us. Secondly, let's give thanks for the blessing of the peace that we do know through Jesus. As we come around the communion, <coughs> excuse me, as we come around the communion table tonight, that's exactly what we're doing. We are having an act of remembrance. We are remembering the fulfillment of Jesus' words to the disciples at the Last Supper, the fulfillment of God's blessings to us, redeeming us through Christ. So secondly, let's give thanks for that. And thirdly, let's pray for each other. How are we doing at reminding of each other, reminding each other of the blessings that we know through Christ? How are we doing at reminding each other not to be afraid, not to be troubled? Not that we don't have real challenges, real problems, we do. But we have an eternal, all-surpassing peace, peace that Christ has given to us. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen.